0: Welcome to the Naked Wellness Podcast. As a qualified nutritionist, I'm here to strip away the nonsense and get down to the bare essentials of nutrition and wellness. Join us as we debunk myths, chat with top-notch experts, and serve up practical tips that will leave you feeling empowered. Get ready to uncover the naked truth about living your healthiest life. Let's undress. Welcome back to the Naked Wellness Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me. I have Kim Rose. Kim is a registered dietitian nutritionist and a diabetes expert. Kim's mission is to guide others to become more educated and aware of how to actually navigate their nutrition for their blood sugar management in a way that is very inclusive and is focusing on adding in rather than removing so that we can still have a healthy relationship with both food and ourselves along this journey. So I am so excited for our conversation today. Welcome, Kim, to the Naked Wellness Podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and to just really share my wealth of knowledge to you and your audience. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely
0: amazing. Do you want to start off with telling us a little bit about yourself, your journey that you've been on? What got you into this world of diabetes?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I'm just going to give you the cliff notes, the TLDR version (laughs) Um, So I'm originally from Jamaica. So if you hear like a slight accent, that is my Jamaican accent that you're hearing on top of my uh, American accent. And growing up in Jamaica, um, you know, we really like to focus a lot on cultural foods and cultural cuisines. So it wasn't until I was probably a teenager that a family member of mine got diagnosed with type two diabetes and his healthcare providers at the time were informing him that hey, you have to give up all your foods that you like, you have to eat cardboard and sadness for the rest of your life. And he was like, absolutely not. So he decided that, you know, he wanted to enjoy the foods that he liked. And unfortunately, due to uh, poor blood sugar management, um, there ended up being a lot of complications. But then I started to realize within myself that, You know, I used to always say at the time before the queen passed on, I always used to say, I don't care if you're the queen of England. I don't care if you're the president of the United States. I don't care if you're the prime minister of whatever country we all have to eat. That's what brings us together as people. We have to eat to survive. And we also eat for pleasure. And I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to become a dietitian because I know I could reach every single person by the food that they choose to put into their mouth. So -hmm. after becoming a dietitian and seeing what my uncle went through, as well as some of the patients that come to me, I realized that diabetes... Especially when it comes to the food and nutrition aspect, it was just really a condition that was complicated for no apparent reason. And I decided, you know what, I want to help people to uncomplicate things and to let them know they can still enjoy the foods they love. Oh, my goodness. I love that because you're so right. And I also think that's one thing that's not
0: spoken about enough is in the world that we live in, it's so black and white. It's so let's eat for health, restrict X, Y, and Z, focus on the mm-hmm. nutrition. What people forget is you're, you're right. Food is literally a part of our lives that brings people together. It We celebrate with food. We eat for pleasure. We eat for sadness. You know, every event right. circumstance that we have in our life, typically there is food and there's different meals that, mean different things to different people and when we can lean into that and acknowledge that that is such Mm -hmm. a huge part of all of our lives you then get to work with that not against that and i just love that that's your approach and what you know an amazing journey you've been on to discover this specific area that you want to work in and obviously it's something that's so close to your heart and you've been able to see something firsthand which means that when you're working with your clients as well you have that level of understanding of what they're also going through, which is very, very powerful.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for that. You know, I think you hit the nail right on the head. And, you know, you you really honed into the fact that food is a important part of all our lives. And I think, you know, once we begin to realize that and then peel away at the diet culture which social media really promotes, it really opens us up to realizing that food is not morally good. It's not morally bad, even if you have a disease condition.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I have worked with quite a few clients who have diabetes, and the doctors have told them, Mm -hmm. you need to stop eating X, Y, and Z as of today. And as soon as you tell somebody you can't have it, all of a sudden, they want to eat even more. (laughs) So these people come to me being like, Mm -hmm. I've Was told you know i can't have sugar anymore i can't have carbs anymore but yet it's all i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. 24 7 now i just you know i I see the chocolate bar in the cupboard and i want to eat the entire thing because it's that restricted food it's become a forbidden fruit effect and that kind of mentality can be so unhelpful because then you're thinking about food 24 7 you don't feel like you're in control anymore and it's taking you away from being able to do all the other things that you want to do in your life
1: i agree i agree
0: yeah. Did you want to start off also with telling us maybe the difference between type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes for our listeners who might not be so familiar
1: with these terms? Yeah, that is a, another good question. So there's actually many different types of diabetes, but for all intents and purposes, it's broken down into the two oldest categories, which is type 2 as well as type 1 diabetes. So let me start off with type 2 because that's the population that I see the most. So type 2 diabetes was once thought to be adult onset type of diabetes, where you only got it after you became an adult and you were 45 years old and you started putting on all of this uh, age-related factors as well as weight-related factors. But now literature is showing that's not necessarily true. What we once believed was the onset of type 2 diabetes is now being found in small children. So type 2 diabetes is considered to be a lifestyle condition while type 1 diabetes is considered to be an autoimmune condition. So for no apparent reason, your body just really starts attacking certain cells of the pancreas, which produce insulin. So type 1 diabetes was once thought to be juvenile diabetes, only children got it. But now you're hearing of cases where uh, 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds are being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes as well. So there's a lot of uh, gray area when it comes to type 1 and type 2 diabetes. There's no distinct line of demarcation because there are certain genes that are switched on in certain genes that are very similar to both types of diabetes. And then to complex, to make things even more complex, now there's type 1.5 diabetes. (laughs) Um, It's so very interesting. Uh, And really type 1.5 diabetes is a form of type 1 diabetes that occurs when you're older. So it is still an autoimmune condition. Okay,
0: interesting. And I guess, you know, it's For so many people, because it can pop up at any point in time in your life, is there a way that you can find out if you have the gene or is it something that you have to be aware of or conscious of things that you're doing and the factors that influence that as well?
1: Yes, yes, that's a good question. So one of the things that they do, so they take a test called the hemoglobin A1C test, and that gives you a number, which basically tells you for the last three months, how much sugar your red blood cell has been holding on to. So once you get the hemoglobin A1C test, the next test that I like to tell my clients that they need to follow up with their healthcare provider with is to do an antibody testing. Um, And so basically the antibody testing is to really differentiate, do you have the antibodies that are attacking your specific pancreas? Um, And then there's also a C-peptide testing, which really tests like, Hey, what is, what is your pancreas function? Is it producing enough insulin? So really those three tests um, the antibody GAD, the C-peptide, And the hemoglobin A1C really helps to um, give you like a line of demarcation between, okay, well, you have diabetes, but what type of diabetes is it?
0: Right. And what symptoms or things would you be experiencing to be like, okay, I need to go and get these tests done?
1: Yes. So there is a plethora of different symptoms that can occur. If you feel that your blood sugars may be elevated. So one of the first symptoms that I always ask people is, have you had unexplained weight loss? And with your weight loss, I'm not speaking about Oh, you know, you're you're losing a few pounds, stones, kilograms. I'm not sure what you guys use in Australia. <laughs> um, I'm not talking about like a, a few um, insert, whatever measurement of weight. I'm talking about like a drastic weight loss. You're eating food, you're hungry, but you're continually losing weight for no apparent reason. The second thing is called polyurea, which means that you are urinating a lot. So this is basically the body's way of saying, Hey, the blood sugar is too high. Let me help the body and get rid of the blood sugar all through the urine. So you're going to the bathroom a lot. Polyurea is typically accompanied by polydipsia, which is just another fancy medical term. That means you are excessively thirsty, no matter what season you're in, no matter the time of day, but you have that cotton mouth and your, your thirst cannot be, um, satiated, or resolved by drinking a large amount of water. Um, Another thing that I always ask my clients is, have you noticed any type of tingling in your hands and in your feet? And some people like, yeah, you know, I just thought maybe I needed to wear gloves because now we're going into the cold season here in the United States. And I know you guys are going into the warmer season. Yeah. Um, But Definitely that tingling, which is neuropathy, is also a form of your body telling you like, hey, your blood sugar is high. These tiny nerves that innervate your hands and innervate your feet. Um, It may feel like a pin is being poked into your fingers and toes. And that is also another telling sign. Um, In more serious cases, depending on how high the blood sugar level is, some people experience uh, passing out and entering into a coma which is really, really scary. Other individuals may think that, hey, someone is acting like they're drunk, not realizing that a high blood sugar can cause a cognitive reaction where you are delayed and you're just not thinking correctly. Um, So there is actually like a whole slew, uh, but I just really highlighted the main ones that I see, but there's a whole slew of signs and symptoms.
0: Mm, And so I guess it's about tuning into your body as well if something feels off going and getting the tests done going and getting the answers that you need because is there something if this goes undiagnosed is that it's something that it can lead to is that a problem
1: yes yes okay. it is um, so and you know I just wanted to backtrack a little bit yeah. you said you know really tuning into your body and realizing yeah. what's going on There, there was a mom that reached out to me Probably three months ago. And I made a post on signs and symptoms of having a high blood sugar. And she stated, I, I probably did 12 signs or symptoms. She stated that she had about nine of them, but she really didn't pay attention to it because she just thought, oh, my children are small. So with the polyuria, she was saying to herself, Well, I'm running up and down with my children. It's currently hot. I'm drinking a lot of water. Uh, with the polydipsia, um, um, you know, really just drinking a lot and going to the bathroom, she started to mention her weight loss. And she said, well, you know, I'm not eating as I should, because I have to care for two little ones. And so she had a lot of different signs and symptoms, but she just chucked them off into, well, this is motherhood, until she was finally able to go to her doctor. And her doctor said, ma'am, Your A1C is this number, you have a diagnosis. So she was just really making it a point on her page to inform mothers, um, not to put your health on the back burner because you never know what's going on. And she mentioned like her fatigue, because when you do have high blood sugars and you're eating a lot, the body is not using that food for energy at all. So she just thought, Oh, I'm not eating enough. So definitely to, to just piggyback on what you're saying, tuning into Mm. your body, um, you, I, which brought me down a rabbit hole. So I forgot your question. What was your question? Please say that for me again.
0: If it goes undiagnosed and you're not tuning in, you to pick up on the signs and symptoms, what can happen?
1: Yes. So there is a lot of morbidity and mortality So by morbidity, because I know that the audience may not be accustomed to medical terminology. So morbidity basically means complications, a lot of complications that may or may not be reversed. So with the morbidity that comes with diabetes, it impacts your entire body. And by that, do not leave anything to the imagination if you catch my drift. It can impact, we're all adults here, it can impact your sexual health, it can impact yeast infections, if you start getting yeast infections more frequently, especially if you are a XX chromosome person, it can impact your um, sexual desires. It can impact your kidney. It can impact your eyes. It can impact your heart. And heart health is so important, especially for um, people that do have a, um, that are women at birth because heart health is, is um, you know, I'm not particularly sure for Australia, but here in the United States, heart health is the number one cause of death for women. So I'm just really curious to know what is, what is it in Australia? Um, but it can impact everything from your brain all the way down to the nerves in your toes, any organ, any uh, appendage it impacts. Uh, for someone that may be assigned a male at birth, um, same thing. It can inf- impact sexual function it can impact your heart it can impact your brain it 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 can just really impact everything so that is morbidity the second piece of really not monitoring your blood sugars and just letting them go haywire is it can lead to mortality which means death Um, and that really is the worst case scenario
0: Mm-hmm. okay and so when you mention monitoring your blood sugar levels what are some factors that actually impact your blood sugar levels to start with and then what are some things that you can do to
1: start to level them out yes yeah so with monitoring your blood sugar levels let, let me say this first so there's two ways that you can currently monitor your blood sugar levels there is the continuous glucose monitor which you stick it on your arm. It lasts 14 days. And then there's also the finger prick test using a glucometer. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about monitoring your blood sugars, um, a lot of people think it's only food. Food is the only factor that can impact your blood sugars, but that's not true. Food is one of many factors. So a lot of the times when I see people cutting out things from their diet, I say to myself, no, this is only one factor. And of course, mainstream media has vilified (laughs) food. Um, But your stress, the way that you cope and manage your stress can create a hormone cascade that can cause your blood sugars to be elevated. Your sleep, sleep is so important. I always tell people, I don't care if you are on the strictest diet. I don't care if you are vegan. If you're not sleeping properly and you have a diagnosis, your blood sugars are going to be haywire because sleep really regulates so much. Uh, Menstrual cycle or menopause really impacts your blood sugar. Some Um, People may notice that a week before their cycle starts, their blood sugars are all over the place. And that's because of the hormones that uh, your body has to compete with Um, elevation, uh, depending if um, I had this one friend of mine that went hiking and she had a type type one diabetes and her blood sugars were all over the place. Um, the seasons impact your blood sugar, especially seeing that it's getting hot now in Australia. Mm-hmm. You may find, especially because you're getting hot, you're sweating. When you sweat, you're losing fluid from your body. That means your blood is more concentrated, especially with sugar. Your blood sugar may go up. So there's a plethora of different factors that can impact your, your blood sugars.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow, so many different factors to take into consideration. <laughs> and so if somebody is wanting to start to balance their blood sugars out more, where can they start or what are some simple strategies that they can start
1: to put in place or where where should they start to look to do that? Yeah, so the first strategy that I always recommend, and I'm going to give you guys my, my trademark secrets. <laughs> so I always tell people, you have to start with the foundation, and the foundation is meal timing. What are your meal times? Because I see two extremes quite often. I either see a lot of people doing intermittent fasting, uh, which for hormone health may not necessarily be the best for um, women who are in childbearing age. Uh, or i see people eating every 2 hours which also is not the best because that can cause your blood sugar level to rise i like to tell people to have scheduled meal times and to stagger their meals when they're awake about every 4 hours so if you have an 8 a.m. breakfast lunch will be at 1 Dinner will be at five before you go to bed, you eat something like eat like a protein rich snack to tide you over. So staggering about every four hours. Some people need a smaller window about every three and a half hours. So about three and a half to every four hours, see what your body says. The second thing is protein. Protein is a very sexy nutrient, if I may say that. And protein actually helps to manage your blood sugars properly. It doesn't cause these huge spikes. So I like to tell people, make sure that they're getting a range between 20 to 30 grams of protein at each meal. I also tell people my third tip is fiber. Fiber is so important. Even fiber from fruits, because I know there's a lot of fruit fear out there. And fruits should not be feared. They have fiber, they have vitamins, they have nutrients, they have minerals. I love fruit. Um, So just making sure at your meals that you have a representation of some type of fiber, some type of protein, and also especially it's hot, you're staying hydrated. Hydration is key. You don't need to buy any fancy blood sugar stabilizing beverages water or infused water will do just fine mm, i love it and so obviously there
0: is a lot of information out there about cutting carbs and if you have diabetes or if you want to balance your blood sugar levels that keto is the best diet yeah yada, yeah yada, yada. what is your opinion on this from what you've said i'm hearing that it's not something that you have to restrict wholeheartedly but what is the truth when it comes to balancing blood sugars and carbohydrates
1: So your body needs carbohydrates, our bodies need carbohydrates, because they are the, they're a great source of getting B vitamins. A lot of people tell me like, well, you know, I don't do carbohydrates, I just take a B vitamin, but your body actually prefers the vitamins and minerals that they get from foods. So for anyone on the keto diet, the first thing I want to know is why? Tell me your reasoning why? Is it another medical condition that I don't know about that you had to go on the keto diet or are you on the keto diet? Because you are assuming you, you saw a social media page, you, you talked to a friend um, that told you they tried the keto diet and it worked wonders for them. So I just want to know the reasoning why. Um, and that is so important. Qu- quick story. Um, I'm a storyteller. So there was a client of mine who came to me and she was on the keto diet. And I said, why? And she said, well, that's what I have found for the past six months that have went really well with my blood sugars. Her blood sugar started in the 400s, which I know for Australia, the measurements may be a little different, but I just want to give you a comparison. In the United States, like the benchmark is is 120 for diabetes, 120 and below for fasting is good and 165 excuse me, 180 or below two hours after a meal is good. So she was just living in the 400s. She tried the keto. She came down to the 300s and it wasn't budging. So she came to me and I told her, I need some rice here. I need some macaroni and cheese. I need to see some potatoes. I need to see some fruit in your diet. And she looked at me like I had two heads. Like I absolutely did not know what I was talking about. So I said, just try me, just try me, just let me do this. Trust me, please. So after working with her for six weeks, her blood sugars came down to the 140s because I had her implement carbs back into her diet. So with the keto diet, some people may experience modifications in their blood sugar, but that does not mean it translates well to other populations, especially seeing we have to be conscientious of our heart, Mm -hmm. our heart health. If we're consuming too much butter and and too much um, meats that have a lot of saturated fats, then that may negatively impact heart health. And the literature is currently saying, yes, The keto diet may work to decrease your blood sugars, but we're not certain what it does to your heart health later on, especially seeing that heart disease is up there and it is a real concern. So I say better earn the side of safety and include those carbs, which have fiber.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's, it's such a holistic way of approaching it. And as humans and so many people that i've spoken to that have been on the keto diet they crave carbs and i always say that Mm. that's literally the body is so much smarter than we ever give it credit for and it will tell you what Mm. it needs when it needs it you're craving carbs for a reason you know and if you can start to work with your body rather than against it you're going to be able to achieve the goals that you want to achieve i would be really curious to know because i know that there is a lot more from what i'm seeing uh i guess information but this way of of health that is coming about where people without diabetes are also starting to wear the blood uh, sugar yes. monitors in their arm and I know that there's a couple of brands that are coming out that have apps associated with it to tell you foods to that spike your blood sugars foods that don't foods that balance everything out what is your opinion on people who don't have diabetes people who are not pre-diabetes still Mm -hmm. monitoring their blood sugar levels for their day-to-day life because i know that this is a big thing especially in the entrepreneurial world that is coming out to stabilize energy and all of that sort of stuff and i'd love to know your opinion on those type of things
1: yeah so i really think it all depends on the person so with some of the clients that i work with some of them do have a history of disordered eating and eating disorders And for them, I don't recommend a continuous glucose monitor because I know that it's quite easy for them to fall back into obsessing over their foods and their numbers, and what is considered quote unquote good and what is considered bad. So, I look at everyone quite individually. I know in a lot of the health spaces that a lot of people are wearing the CGMs. And if you're a person that just simply wants information and may and will not obsess about it, to get a CGM for 14 days, go ahead. But if you're a person that does have a a history of eating disorders or any type of diagnoses related to obsessive compulsive disorder, then I say that it may not be helpful. It may actually be hurtful for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, the same thing goes with the pricking of the finger. I'm quite careful with my clients who I know have a history I'm quite careful of how frequently I tell them to monitor. There may be some days I don't tell them to monitor at all, especially if I see that they're spiraling down. I would just say, you know what, nourish your body. Um, I noticed at this meal that you did not have a fruit, so I want you to have a fruit as a snack. Remember, your apple has fiber, your apple Mm. has nutrients, your apple has antioxidants, which is quite beneficial for your blood sugars. So it's really about reframing the mindset And then also these new medical devices, I'm still torn because I can see it being helpful and I can Mm -hmm. see it being hurtful depending on the individual Mm, that that. does not have diabetes. Yeah,
0: yeah, 100%. So it's more about that individualization, checking in with the history that you've been on, what has your eating behaviors been like before, where are you currently at now? And also, I guess, assessing what is your goal with it as well Mm -hmm. you know what is the goal Mm -hmm. to be monitoring it and like you said is it going to become obsessive is it going to lead to restricting or obsessing over things because at the end of the day if you don't have diabetes you you can very well learn how to tune into your body and listen to all the different signs and symptoms that it's giving you throughout the day and give it
1: what it needs when it needs it Mm -hmm. i agree i agree and then also with that too just making sure that you're getting your yearly checkup from your doctor. Yeah. Um, getting your blood work done. What what is your what is your blood work saying? Mm. Um, so that is important as well. So you know, making sure that we we are working with a healthcare professional, getting the data and what our numbers are saying to really see, like, well, do do we really need this of uh, this device, or is it a is it the the next trending thing to do?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I would be so curious to know what the most common myth or misconception is that you hear about nutrition and diabetes.
1: Oh, let me search my memory. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> immediately came. Um, potatoes and corn. Ooh. that they, and rice, and rice, okay. potatoes, corn, and rice, that they are the bad trio for you. And mm. if you have diabetes, you have to eat immediately. And I'm clapping here for those of you that can't hear. I am. You have to immediately cut these carbs out of your diet because these foods cause diabetes and they cause diabetes to be worse. When this is not the truth at all, these foods are staple foods in the diets of many people in this world. And these foods are filled with different vitamins. And not only that, they are affordable. I don't know if you've went to the grocery store lately and you've seen the cost of food. So yeah. um, re- really vilifying these three foods, I, I don't know where that came from. I'm still trying mm. to figure that out and trace the origins <laughs> of it. But it's its not true. That is, as I tell people, that is a myth from the devil himself. Mm. I don't believe in that. <laughs>
0: I love that. And I think the more that this type of myth is busted and spoken about, the more that people get to relearn What foods actually actually get to be in the UK. And you're so right. Somewhere along the line, one day decided to wake up and promote these foods as being terrible and awful. Same as so many trends that we go through. A lot of the time someone one day wakes up and goes, great, I'm going to promote celery juice as the miracle juice to start drinking, or whatever it is. And then as soon as social media get a hold of it and run with it, of course, like it is so confusing and overwhelming for the general population to filter through all of these different information and facts that are thrown their mm-hmm. way every single day and things are constantly changing and even if you look back through a history of food and the way that we approach it through media every food group has gone through its period of being demonized whether it's fats whether it's carbs mm-hmm. whether it's sugar you know it's they've all gone through their time period and I feel like there is slowly starting to be this movement away from it and a lot more awareness that all foods get to have a place in your diet. You don't have mm-hmm. to restrict anything, not the potatoes, not the corn, not the rice, not the carbs, not, not your favorite foods, which is really powerful. And I love that you personally are also bring so much light to this, especially in an area in health where it is so heavily, um, heavily villainized.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it's actually my, one of my passions because mm. I'm, I'm really tired of, of seeing like, you know, we, we're in 2023. Why are we still telling people to cut out certain foods? Where did that come from? Yeah. So it's, it's actually a passion
0: of mine. I love it. It's amazing. Now I have some quick fire questions for you, Kim. Are you ready for these? Yes. Yes. Good. Yes. What is one thing that you must do
1: every morning to set your day up? I have to drink water and I also have to pray and meditate. Have to. Um, too much going on not to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Calm the mind before the chaos. What is one thing everyone
1: can do every day to improve their life? Move your body. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It really helps with, with um, decreasing your blood sugars and just retaining mobility.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I always say,
0: and to my clients, and the way that I think about movement is when I'm 70 years old, I want to be able to hop on and off the toilet by myself if, poss- yes. if possible. So, like, doing yes. that range of motion now is so important.
1: Yes. What is your favorite quote and why? Oh, so my favorite quote actually comes from The Field of Dreams. Um, it's a movie like really, really long ago. And in the movie, they kept saying, if you build it, they will come. And it was talking about like a baseball stadium. But um, when I when I was watching the movie, that really gave me the idea to start my private practice. If you build it, they will come. So that I I actually say that to myself still to this day, after being a dietitian for over a decade. If you continue to build it, they will continue to come. Wow. Because People need help. People need help. And they're looking for help. So Mm, that is so that's my quote. Oh, I love it.
0: That's amazing. And there is one question that I love to ask all my podcast guests is that in the distant future, Mm -hmm. when you're actually looking back at your life, what do you think will be your biggest achievement or one thing that you will be most proud of? This could actually be something that you've already done, or
1: it could also be something that you're hoping to do in the future. Oh, so uh, I'm excited. So quick story time. Here's another story again. So there was, I always heard the story about like this little boy walking on the beach and there were like the turtles and like the turtles couldn't make their way through the sand to get back into the water. And he was picking up a turtle one by one, like the babies and like throwing them into the water. And someone said to him, well, you know, you're not going to make a difference. And he picked up one and he said, well, I just made a difference for that one. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I look back on realizing I can help at least one person to decrease their morbidity and mortality that really opens up my heart because it's only one person I Mm. if I'm here on this earth to help one person then I have fulfilled my duty and I'm at peace. Mm. just one person
0: Mm -hmm. I think that that's so powerful because sometimes it is so easy to focus on you know the bigger picture especially when you're running a business as well that and right. even with social media it's so easy to get caught up on numbers but if the post that you do or the story that you create or whatever it is helps even just one person you are making an impact and you are yeah. having that positive ripple effect which is
1: wonderful exactly
0: I love that well did you want to tell the audience what you have coming up if anything exciting for them and where can the listeners actually go to find you
1: Sure. So currently I just started a new program called a uh, better blood sugar balance. And it is a one one-on-one session with me because I realized, especially during the economic times that we're living in, not everyone has the hundreds and thousands of dollars to invest in their health. And if they need a dietitian that I say, I'm the dietitian in your back pocket, because I give you my direct cell phone number. If we work together, um, just someone to bounce like, Hey, am I eating right? Hey, are my blood sugars responding right? I do have that program currently available. You can find me on Instagram at the blood sugar nutritionist or on TikTok as a uh, blood sugar nutritionist.
0: I love it. And I'll put all those links in the show notes so that the audience have super easy access to go and find you and connect with you and fire through any questions or anything that they might have. But thank you so much, Kim, for coming on and sharing everything that you have with us today. It's been absolutely incredible. And I know that there are going to be so many listeners walking away with some
1: having some aha moments. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: What an amazing episode today with Kim. If you actually know somebody who is struggling with their blood sugars has diabetes pre-diabetes relates to any of the signs or symptoms that Kim mentioned in our episode today I would love for you to send this episode to them and as always I love connecting with every single one of you over on my Instagram which is just KJ Wellness with three s's I hope you have the most incredible day or night whenever you are listening to this episode and I will chat with you in the next one very soon until then you take care bye